0: Welcome to it's the good. SEM podcast. Thank Today you. we're we're joined by Doug Pollen. It's me, Jack Bryce, and Zach Hewlettbeck is your co-host. Doug's joined us all the way from the British Isles. So it's uh oh, he, we're talking temperatures and uh, he says it's it's really hot there, Zach. It's like eighty-one degrees. Oh, it's smoking. Yeah. My yeah. words.
1: My <laughs> Un, unbearable. My, my watch says it's eighty-eight here, so I mean we're not dying yet. Yeah. They don't we have
2: don't know, a, they don't
1: have dying. AC though. Yeah, we don't know what to do
2: when it gets this hot. <laughs> <laughs> what part of England are you in now, Doug? So, I'm about uh, an hour north of where I grew up. So, uh we live in Lichfield, which is just north of Birmingham, and I grew up just south of Birmingham. So, okay. That's a In England, that's a pretty far move, right? That's basically the other side of the country.
0: Yeah.
2: It's very true I had a a young man in my ward Got his
0: mission call and he's like I'm going to Birmingham and I got really excited He said Birmingham, Alabama I was like (laughs) "All right."
2: Um, The the city council here In uh, in Birmingham uh, Used a photo of Birmingham Alabama On one of their promotional leaflets by accident And they quite rightly Got um, Swagged off for it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's too funny.
0: Pretty rookie mistake. Yeah, rookie mistake. It is. All right. So we'll get started with you know the timeline headed into the mission, then we'll skip over and we'll catch up with you and what you've been up to since and and recently. And and then we'll go back and reminisce about the mission a little bit. So if you want to start us out with
2: how you ended up in Scotland. So I am. Um... I was a convert to the church. I was a semi convert to the church, right? So I um I kind of grown up in the church. My dad wasn't a member. So I I'd, uh, I I'd joined the church about a year before I arrived in Scotland, actually properly got baptized. And um to save some money for my mission, I was working in the church offices in Solihull, which is where I, where we lived. So that's when they had a lot of general authorities and a whole load of the sort of the European uh european administration operating out of and so i put my papers in and i actually got my mission call delivered to my desk um, while i was working at the church offices so i got back from lunch one day and there's this big a4 envelope on my desk um so there was no, I didn't go home, didn't wait for my family or anything like that. I just literally opened it up on my desk while I was eating a sandwich, I think. From- <laughs> <laughs> and um I'd, so I'd learned languages at school, so I'd learned Spanish, French, and Italian. to all a, a fairly decent standard. Um, you know, done all my exams, got top marks in these languages. So when I, when you fill out your mission papers and they ask you, you know, do you speak any other languages? I'd put French, Spanish, Italian in like massive capital letters. Um, I'd sent in a purposely put in a black and white photo of me because I thought, what, the second they see I'm Ginger, they're going to send me to Scotland or Ireland. So I'm not having any of that. So purposely put in a black and white photo. <laughs> I was trying all the tricks in the book. Do you have any, uh, you know, any, I think one of the questions on there was, where are your parents from? So my mom's. Great 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 grandparents emigrated to New Zealand um and they lived there for a few generations. So I was right, right. i my family history, New Zealand, hey, big letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, I got Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's really funny. So listening to so many American that talks about going to Scotland, it's like this huge just wow, you're going back to the land of our forefathers, the, the Edinburgh mission. You are a lucky, lucky guy. Um But for anyone from Birmingham going to Scotland, is it's a little bit um, deflating. (laughs) Yeah, Conway told us it'd be like getting called to Utah.
0: Yeah, exactly
2: that. Exactly that. So we, um, so I had friends who went to Portugal, Australia, Greece, all these what you typically think of as really or uh, UK. Someone from the UK would think is a brilliant place to go. I got Scotland. I called my mama. Uh, and told her that i had been called to Scotland, and her words, and this is a direct quote: "Were oh sorry, <laughs> oh jeez." Look, <laughs> I knew that was uh, I was good with it. Right, that that lasted about an hour of uh, being deflated, and then I was I was psyched up. I was good to go. And when I left, I think I got the call in probably the f- probably the f- March or April. Um, they must, yeah, yeah, probably about March, and then arrived into the MTC on the 9th of June, 2004. All right. Nice. Good deal. One very short trip up the M6 motorway to the Preston MTC. <laughs> yeah, so did your parents drop you off up there? They did, yeah. So my mom, my dad, I think my sister might have even come up there. And my uh, my great aunt, it was good. So then they kind of they put you in this room, and you think you have like a mini church service there, and then parents and everyone go out one room or out one door, and we went out the other. It's good. It's a good cool. experience.
0: Interesting. All right.
2: So then you you came.
0: You went back home in what
2: 2006 summer 2006. 2006. That's it. So and, uh, I. Uh, Catch us up from there, so back home on, I think it was the I think it might have just been short of two years so I think it was probably the sixth of June two thousand and six back home got married on the eleventh of November that year to <laughs> to wow. to, uh, to my my wife who um who I think i would met once before um so yeah it's pretty pretty quick proper proper morning wedding um <laughs> <laughs> <doing quick>. uh, <laughs> so we so um i was really good friends with her younger sister her older brother was my young men's president when i was growing up in youth uh, so i knew the family really really well but just didn't know her uh at all really and um, she'd lived away for a number of years and, and come back and uh yeah that was it so we, we started dating in the summer um and we we're yeah married by by the 11th of november that year which is really good for me because the 11th of November 11, 11 11 11 it's remembrance day in the UK and in a number of Commonwealth countries across the world so I never have an excuse to uh, to forget our wedding anniversary it is literally <laughs> remembrance day <laughs> <laughs> that's, too that's, that's great which is good so um so I so I uh, Natasha already had two children when we married, so inherited two fantastic children, uh, Layton and Kiana, who are now 24 and 19. So Layton uh, has been on a mission, went to the Lyon, France mission, and is now married with a two-year-old child. So I am officially granddad, Doug, and getting Oh, wow. Doug. oh my! Yeah. <laughs> uh kiana has just started university so she's doing a law degree um here in the uk and then we've got three children between us so we've got a maya who's 14 we've got malachi who's 13 and we've got heba who's ten. and it is a a wonderful beautiful handful and nightmare i let yeah kids are hard right They we can, love them a bit. They can they're, be challenging. They they make <laughs> our lives full, but a neck they're hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. So that's, that's family, um, work-wise. So um, Natasha and I, we, we ran a business together for about 10 years, uh, which we then sold when I was about 28, 29. I then went off and qualified as a, a barrister. Um, so in the US, I think it's like an attorney. So what you call it? An attorney? Yeah. attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, qualified as a barrister. Decided that I really didn't like that and then ended up working for a software company, selling software into the financial services industry and still do a, the same job, but for a, a different company, uh, for a company that's now based out of Chicago. So we have our annual meetings in florida which is fantastic Uh, We have our sales incentives in in mexico and we have our user conference in tennessee so there's plenty of uh stateside travel uh in the job which is brilliant really good yeah and then Um, sorry i was gonna say
1: tennessee must be a little bit of an outside of a world experience for you
2: nashville tennessee
1: (laughs) Some good barbecue and
2: some country music. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's despite America. Being, despite being 37, I uh, I still laugh every time at the venue because it's held at the Gaylord Resort, which my inner child laughs at every single time. <laughs> 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 I haven't, I haven't matured one single bit. Um, <laughs> oh jeez. And then outside of that, I um, I'm also the so I'm an elected politician. I and I'm the leader of our council so we've got 100,000 people or so um, in the area and I'm their elected uh, leader which is adds another dimension to to everything we do. Yeah wow that's that's amazing good fun.
0: <laughs> so we also want to hear recently you took a you took a trip right to help out with the conflict in Ukraine tell us about that a little bit
2: yeah so um, so i went out uh been out a couple of times went out in March the first time. I just felt really helpless right so you 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 see everything that's happening, you see it happening on your you know for i suppose for Europeans quite literally on our borders so so close um you saw the the news segments where Literally six or eight hours of of queues of people turning up with suitcases and trolleys full of what you know what possessions they can take with them and then queuing up on the border. Um, so my initial thought was, well, let's get a couple of vans loaded with supplies and get over to the border um, and drive it through Europe. And actually, after doing a bit of bit more research about it, actually, that's not what they needed. They didn't need. Clothes they didn't need things there. It's a a fairly affluent country in and of its own right. Um, And and equally, if you load up a van of supplies on a Monday, you don't get there till the Wednesday or Thursday. There are a whole load of problems caused by Brexit with getting over from the UK into Europe anyway with additional paperwork. So I thought, no, I'll just fly over there, raise some cash and I'll buy whatever needs, whatever they need. I'll get that in Poland. So I booked a cheap Ryanair flight over from uh, from Birmingham to Krakow, hired a car, drove from Krakow to the border um, at a place called Chemish, and yeah, kind of turned up with a with a high vis. I went right. <laughs> what, what do you need me to do? And it was just a really interesting experience. So, and um, I, I didn't do it through any sort of formal organisation or anything like that, or any grouping. Just turned up and and you know what? I think that and maybe we can get back to this later, but. The, the mission experience prepares you for a lot of that. So I had a lot of people asking me when I got home, oh, "I don't understand how did, how did you do that? Oh, you, you must have had you must have gone through an organisation. You must have gone through a group. How did you know what to do? How did you know who to speak to? How did you know what people needed?" And the reality is, I didn't. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> but but I went out there and turned up and um, you know switched on to to what people need and being able to talk to people those are all sort of core life skills that two years being thrown into Scotland teaches you very, very quickly. Um, I suppose I was able to, ab- able to use those skills in a slightly different way um, in a really different um, location 15 years later, <laughs> but it was, um, so yeah, so I did it the first time and then went back again um, a few weeks later, raised a bit more cash um, from people back at home and, and got out there and, did what I can on the on the Polish side of the border. So my wife had banned me from stepping foot into Ukraine. Um, and I I listened. I was offered the opportunity by mostly Americans, to be honest Americans and Canadians, um, just going over the border saying, Come on, Doug, we're we're going in tonight. We've got a tent and we've got some spare body armor you can use and oh like, well, you know what? Like you're all ex-military and uh... <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna stop here. (laughs) I'll do what I can in my own small corner of the world. Wow. That's incredible. Holy cow. And and I actually so so, a couple of funny stories about that. So um obviously uh Andrei Zinkovsky and still lives in in Harkov, um, and he's doing an amazing work out there in terms of what he's doing to to raise money and to feed the people that live close to him. So I had several conversations with um Elder Zinkowski while I was over there. Um using him as a translator or asking him specific questions about what, what, what was needed, etc. But the one occasion I turned up at Shemish train station, which is right on the border. So that's like the first train station that um, people arrive in from Kiev. And there were a group of women stood there, and I was literally just had a sign saying, you know, free transport, whoever, you know, whoever needs it, come talk to me. And I eventually started speaking to this group, and we started getting in the car. And we were, I said, okay, where, where are you going? I need a, a very specific address. And she showed me her phone, and she said, oh, this is the address, and it was all in English. I was like, oh, brilliant! This is fantastic. All in English. Gave me a, an address, and then at the end, it was like, um, said, so yeah, this is this is the address. It's the the I think it was the, was it the Krakow? Yeah, it must have been the Krakow. Branch sinking the crack off branch, this sounds a bit odd um and then it carried on carried on the message and it said, Anyway, if you need to speak to Elder Foot or Elder Smith or whatever, just give us a call and I was like so <laughs> are you are you more obviously they, they, they didn't speak English so I was Mormon? And I said yes, yes, yes and so members of the church, wow. and they said, um her mom, so when I'd been standing in the train station, her mom had said to her. Is he? Is that? And pointed at me. Is, is he with your church? Because she wasn't a member. He, he's with your church, and she's and the daughter said, "No, no, don't be, don't be stupid. No, you know, what? Why would anyone from the church be here?" <laughs> anyway, that's amazing. Funny, funny story. All yes, world. I ended up taking him to the uh, to the branch uh, meeting house in. I can't remember if it was Krakow or Warsaw, actually, but one and two. It worked crap off, yeah. Um, and they had a whole a whole system set up there with a whole load of service missionaries and getting people, getting members of the church out of Ukraine and then on to, you know, onward destinations. Um, yeah, so that was a really, really interesting. My, I also made my Sky News. have you know, Sky News in the US? No. Like Fox News, right? Like, yeah. yeah, right Wing News, right? So Sky made my Sky News debut. Um in the background of a report from Shemish train station, I was. Um, it just happened to be at the time that I was getting interviewed by four big burly policemen um, who wanted to know exactly what I was doing, where I was going, where I was taking these women. <laughs> so oh this, is, this is not how I wanted to make my uh, debut on a, on a news station, <laughs> getting interviewed about people trafficking in, uh, in Poland. <laughs> oh, my
0: word, yeah, goodness. All right. Well that that's pretty unique and fantastic. Uh really, exactly. really good stuff. Yeah. A me- meaningful,
2: memorable experience, definitely.
1: Do you have any plans to do more of those types of efforts?
2: So my watch banned me from going back there again. <laughs> okay.
1: I can understand um, I can understand that. Just the last thing she wants is you to keep going
2: until you don't come back. Yeah. So I think the the reality is that um, at some point war will end there, and at that point Ukraine will need a lot of rebuilding efforts, um, right. a lot of lots of effort. So I'm a, I'm Natasha doesn't know this yet, but I will be spending some time out there once war is over, or certainly that it's contained uh, within the sort of the eastern parts of Ukraine uh, to get back into yeah you know, the, the places like Lviv, and um, Kharkov all those sorts of places that are really going to need need those rebuilding efforts done. It's, it's going to be decades of, of rebuilding. And there's a, there's a, so I'm still supporting a charity out there and called HARP, and they're just working in, so Lviv is um, Western, Western Ukraine, it's right on the border, but there's a lot of sort of internally displaced people there. So a lot of people from the sort of the war-torn areas have, have ended up in Lviv, which is you know, perfectly safe, really well organized but they've just had a sudden influx of 20,000 refugees and it's only a small city so they're doing a lot of work in those sorts of areas at the moment where it's not that people are fleeing country but they need help in a you know, in what is currently a safe place but they do still need that help
0: yeah that makes sense all right so We'll go back now. You can you can start at the MTC or when you got to Scotland, but walk us through you know where you're at, who you served with, and we'll we'll just we'll get going from
2: there. Brilliant. let's start the MTC because the MTC was the, the MTC was an interesting experience, wasn't it? So I think I, so I've been listening to a few of your podcasts, and it seems people did various different times in the MTC. So I think I was there for three weeks. I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I know some people said that did twelve days or two weeks or something else. I'm pretty sure we were there for three weeks. and we got there at a time when we were still being taught out of the purple dragons so the big purple old school book. Um, and we had some pamphlets as well and we were we were kind of in that phase where they were saying, we need to learn it off by heart, but equally don't learn it off by heart and you can use your own words. So I think we were, we were kind of in that middle middle bit between um, the Purple Dragon. I can't even remember what that book was called. Um, The Missionary Guide. There you go, The Missionary Guide. That one. (laughs) The very imaginative title. Um, (laughs) I just remember the MTC just being just good fun, right? Like meeting a whole load of um, people from just such a wildly different background because I'd only been in the church a really short amount of time. I suppose a lot of it was really foreign to me, like foreign in the sense that I didn't understand <laughs> what, what people were doing and what they were, you know, what they were talking about half the time. And people talking about, oh, well, I want to be AP. And I was thinking, what the heck's an AP? Like what, what's a zone What's a ZL? Like, what's what is this? I did not understand how missions worked at all. And and in hindsight, I actually think that was probably a positive thing. I think that actually helped me on my mission, not not even thinking about those things ahead of a mission. So I served there with Elder Brent Littlefield, who was a sort of a large in stature, very very pleasant, down to earth, good guy. Um, That was just good fun. Um, I remember getting a massive bang on my head because I'd slid down the banister on like the third day there and uh, fallen off the end and hit my head off the window and ended up. all the, all the photos of me in the MT so i has got, got this wacky great red like raised egg coming out of my forehead jeez <laughs> oh, that's good yeah fun um, uh, yeah that, the MT was good so then we got what well, we got chucked on the train at Preston straight up to Edinburgh remember so Elder Archambault was uh, if you remember what was it? Arshambo's first. I want to say Kyle, but I may have made that up. Elder Arshambo was uh, attempting to teach someone a, a lesson on the train on the way up to Edinburgh, and the guy was just so uninterested; it was hilarious. But he um, he gave him the he gave him the time, which was which was good of him. <laughs> and I remember we got we got picked up by Elder Nelson and Elder Bhutan. So you had Eldewoo Town on the other day, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, So got picked up by them. Got given the most ridiculous tour of Edinburgh ever, where they just make up a whole load of junk about Edinburgh and see how long it takes people to actually work out. They were just lying to you the entire, <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> I think like, it took their entire mission to work out. <laughs> like historical facts or what? Just, so did you not get this as well? So we, so when we arrived, we had um, we, we did like a tour of Edinburgh, and it's like see that building over there. That's where the uh, Scotland Temple is going to be built. Uh, the the, the, the land's already been consecrated, but it's you know, it's coming forward in the next few months. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember what else it was said, but it, just remember, it was just this absolute nonsense tour where they just totally make stuff up for the whole. 45 minutes a load of rubbish for you new yeah a load of rubbish for everyone to to hold on to
0: <laughs> i didn't get that
2: I, I don't remember that either so yeah, you know, i thought it was some uh, sem tradition that was handed down through the generations but clearly elder butan and elder nelson were just having a <laughs> having a good good afternoon well, out. did yes. you give that tour
0: to the new missionaries who came in under your
2: yeah, we absolutely did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so. Tradition indeed. It was a tradition. And then, yeah, but then obviously the, the, the mission got sensible, I think, after we left and uh, they, they stopped it. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so my first companion, Dan Drummond, Elder Dan Drummond, who was from Wales, I think elder President Vrain has just liked playing tricks on sort of putting joke companionships together. So uh, he put the two ginger holders together just because he thought it would be really funny. To, if there's one if there's one missionary going to get abuse off the streets, he's going to be ginger. Let's put two of them together and, <laughs> and get double the amount of abuse. So we went to Aberdeen, which is where, Dan, um, where Elder Drummond was serving. And that was, how long was it? I was with Elder Drummond for six, no, three months. So two, two um, moves periods it was hard it was absolutely horrendous it was we had no investigators no teaching pool we literally spent every single day chapping chapping we did we'd go home for lunch then we'd go back out again for another three or four hours then go back for dinner then go back out again in the evening and it was yeah it was it was a challenge and the and if elder drummond listens to this he should come on and defend himself on this right but some of the door approaches they were flipping awful it was like hi we're from the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints we've got a message about the book of mormon would you like to hear it well funnily enough no no i wouldn't
3: <laughs>
2: so uh, so yeah it was, <laughs> it was hard i really really struggled those first three months dan was great right like really got along with him really nice guy but um we we were very different and um, really we really struggled, but it was it was fine. Aberdeen was brilliant. Ward Aberdeen was fantastic. So we also had the um we had Elden Peterson. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, Elden Peterson and Eldon Nielsen as the zone leaders. What do I want to call um? Elder Peterson, wasn't his name like Rolskoff or something like yeah, that? that's his middle name. There we go. That's Christopher okay. That's Christopher Peterson. Christopher <laughs> Rolskoff Peterson and David Nielsen from Washington State. He was like an apple farmer or something. And um, that was really cool. Just really enjoyed spending a lot of time around with the zone leaders in their, uh, in their flat in the high rise in the middle of Aberdeen. Just remember getting woken up one morning about six o'clock by some huge fight happening outside, right outside the flat. And it was the most, the dingiest, most horrendous flat that I think I've ever been in. Was that, Zach, were you in that one? Uh,
1: I was in the one on the Cobblestone Street. Uh, that, yeah, that was a nice one. That was the nicer one. Nice but one. yeah, the two-story flat in Aberdeen was, to use to use a good Scottish word, it was minging. It was nasty. It, it was grim. Yeah,
3: yeah it was. It was. But it was good uh,
2: fun. It was. And then, so Elder Drummond went off somewhere else, and I had Elder Dracocardus, Peter Dracocardus, who, funnily enough, is actually from Litchfield, uh, which is where I live now. His family have all moved out, but, um, yeah, that's where that's where he's from. And Peter was just great, right? Great, just really – I don't know if either of you served with the Elder Dracocardus, but he was just a brilliant, down-to-earth, diligent – hard-working, just a nice, nice guy. Um So I don't have many memories with him because we only served together two weeks. And then I was on the other end of an e-move. So not on the bad end. I wasn't the naughty boy. <laughs> I was, uh, in fact, no, no, I was a naughty boy. So I'm making that. But yeah, I got moved to Thurso and uh, Elder McClure. Uh, Chris McClure came back down from Thurso to serve with uh, Elder Jack Hardis. We did. We did get stopped by the police actually when we were in Aberdeen. So we, when Elder Jack Hardis and I were out chapping one night, a big riot van pulled up. A big, you know, a big police van. Three police people jump out, run up to us on the door. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, uh, we're missionaries from the church. <laughs> Anyway, apparently a couple of neighbours had called the police because there were two men going door-to-door to, door to door down the street. It was quite a nice part of Aberdeen, so maybe we'd, maybe we'd upset them. Um, but I just remember Father Jack Gardas absolutely loving it because he fancied the absolute pants-off policewoman, so he thought it was, like, the best night ever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that's too funny.
2: What, what I want to do in, in tonight's podcast is try and say as many controversial things that may or may not be true about other missionaries, which will then force them to come onto the podcast to rebut anything. (laughs) is uh, is not accurate. (laughs) I love it. You have the freedom to do so. Stir the the pot. (laughs) So just, yeah, just great guy. Um, And so, yeah, then I got moved up to Thursday and I served up there with Elder Green. So Andrew Green, again, so it's really funny, so um, uh, maybe I should say it's the end, I don't know, but I'll, if, if, if you'd have lined up all the missionaries and said you can pick your companion, who do you want it to be, I would not have picked a single one of my companions to be a companion with. Um, however, I absolutely loved every single one of them, and we were all just so, so different but I just think it's brilliant because where else do you get the exposure to that many different people from different backgrounds, different personalities? You, you just don't do it. And so there's, I think that was a, a real blessing, in fact. Of yeah,
0: especially if you life. consider hours spent with that individual. Like, yeah, You just don't no, get was, in that
2: situation with anybody. Yeah, you, I spend much less time with my wife than, than I ever did with any of my companions. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> So yeah, so sorry. So Andrew, Andrew Green, Elder Green, um and I remember the first conversation I had with him. We'd so the there was a senior missionary couple that were in Thurso at the time, the, the um know, Myrna and Roy or something. I can't remember the first names. Yeah, but the Felsteads who were brilliant, really nice. They picked me up from the station in Inverness, I think, then drove me up to Thurso and uh, met Elder Green. And we were going to go out chapping that afternoon. And I just remember him walking. So before my mission, I was not really a, a chav. Do you have chav Neds? Neds, chavs. You call them neds in Scotland, right? I wasn't right. really yeah. there. I was. I was probably bordering on it. And Alder um, Green had, had turned up to the door ready to go out chapping. And he had this, like, I don't know how to describe it, but like a bag that looked like he'd nicked it off Paddington Bear or something. He was wearing this like giant fedora hat and he had this walking stick. I was like, what are you you wearing? I remember we just had this like big 30-minute conversation where I basically said, listen, Alder Green, I am not going to chat with you while you wear that. Get rid of your hat, get rid of your stick, and I'll I'll carry your bag for you. I'll put it in my my, my books I am not walking through a street with you like
3: that. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I was um it, it was cool. It was, like, we we just had a great time in Thurso. We um we have caught. we had tongue in our uh, in our area, of course, in Thurso, so we got the obligatory I love tongue fridge magnet, uh that that every missionary had to have. We um didn't really have a teaching pool. We were there over winter, so it gets it's like light at 9 a.m., dark at 3.30 p.m. It was like you'd have sideways rain coming in off the coast because you were right on obviously on top, right on the the coast there. But a great branch. Um we had got <laughs> <laughs> did either of you ever serve in Thurso or go on splits there or anything? No. It, it was an experience right so Thurso was just like, an out, like the the last outpost of <laughs> mainland UK. And it just attracts just, just some interesting characters, I think. Um, loads of English people there, weirdly enough. Um, so we, we had a, a fairly small branch there. And we met in a, I think it was like a school hall or something like that. I think we might have met the town hall, in fact. Apart from the one Sunday where we got locked out and all had to go and meet in the Felsteads living room, which was interesting they were they were much further ahead in their time because at the time that we had three hour church Thurso only had two hour church which was brilliant because they couldn't secure a booking at the town hall for longer than three hours so by the time they'd oh. opened up and set up and then had to clear up at the end <laughs> we had two hour church in Thurso. so um we had what we what they called priesthood preparedness nights, and the, the one Thursday we turned up this community hall somewhere for priesthood preparedness, and the uh they come in with this bag two bag two carrier bags I throw them down on the tables. There's two rabbits in one bag and one chicken in the other bag, all dead, obviously um the they'd been out and caught the rabbits earlier that day because one of the branch members friends had ferrets and hawks so they'd literally gone out with the ferrets and the hawks and, and caught these two rabbits oh my and gosh. they'd got the chicken uh off someone's farmyard and and wrung its neck literally two hours before that that meeting. And they said, right, uh, in preparation for the last days, we need to know how to feed ourselves and our families. Tonight, we are making rabbit stew and chicken stew. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> the whole activity was just skinning the rabbits and clearly something I'd never done before in my life. <laughs> like, Apparently, you have to push the poo out of the rabbit first before you even take its kidneys out because they're the poisonous bit or the liver or whatever. Um, yeah, same with, the, same with the chicken. And then we ate, ate them. That was the uh, the refreshment for the evening, was rabbit stew and chicken soup, which was nice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, then the, at the end of that session, we were told next month... <laughs> We're going to learn how to use shotguns because if people know that you've got a water supply and food storage, they're going to come after your food if it's the last days. So you need to know how to defend it. Or we're going to all get taught how to use <laughs> Now, a lot of this, if you're American listening to this, a lot of this might just sound perfectly normal. Right? I don't know. But, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is neutral every week for us. <laughs> it sounds like something you're in like rural Idaho or something. <laughs> it was, yeah. Oh, it, it was um But yeah, we. The, the, <laughs> so elder, back to elder green. The, this is this is a, a, a story that reflects terribly on me, but it's also quite funny. So I'll share it anyway. In fact, all my stories will reflect terribly on me because most of them are terrible stories. But we, yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought it'd be really funny. One day we were. um I think we'd ironed our shirts just before we were going out, and I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll put this iron on a pound coin, and then I'll flip it and at Andrew at elder Green, sorry, and he'll he'll bat it away or he'll, he'll catch it and realize it's a bit warm and drop it on the floor, <laughs> which is not actually how it actually happened he He caught it, realized it was really hot, flicked his hand up and flipped the coin into his neck. <laughs> At which point it burnt his neck. So he snatched his sort of face down. But instead of getting rid of the coin, it stuck between his his chin. (laughs) So he has
0: the Queen of England scarred on his neck now. He
2: literally had the Queen of England scarred at a sort of 45 degree angle along his neck. And I've I've no idea whether that's still there or not, actually. It um, (laughs) it, It was certainly there when he left his mission. Oh, my god! Elder Green was in the MTC
0: group with me. so He's a good
2: guy, right? Yeah. Really, really good guy. Um, what else is there? With, uh, so, so Elder Green left. Uh, no, he was replaced by Tobias Megner, who um, I think had come out on his mission, I think he was about 22, 23 maybe, when he came out on his mission. Again, just a really nice... There's a a recurring theme here. I got loads of nice companions, which probably means I was the jerk companion. (laughs) But I had a brilliant companion in um, Mechner, and he was just super diligent. Whatever you think of of Germans, you know, meticulously on time, everything very neat and tidy. Remember the first Saturday he got to the flat, he's like, right, we are not doing anything before we clean this flat top to bottom. Then he got out his hypoallergenic bed sheets and covered everything in (laughs) those, and it it was brilliant, but absolutely brilliant, just spot on. Um, But then we, what did we? I mean, teaching was hard in Thursday. We we just spent a whole lot of time with less actives with um, people who, frankly, lived about two hours away from the chapel who couldn't get there. So we used to take the sacrament out to some of them on a Thursday afternoon. We'd go go and take the sacrament to someone who, who lived out miles away. We, uh, what else did we do? We, we attempted to push our Corsa to 100 miles an hour, and I think we succeeded once when the wind was blowing in the right way when we were going down a, down a hill. Oh my god, got to go and do baptism interviews on Orkney, which was it just literally, I think it was about a three, day, <laughs> a three day journey to go and do a baptismal interview. <laughs> but it was, a uh, yeah, it was, it was just so different so different out in Thursday because the the area was I think it's like 100 miles across and then 100 miles down so our nearest area was Inverness so if you wanted to go to no it wasn't Inverness there was one in between which was called Al what was it called Invergordon Invergordon that's it Invergordon um so yeah we drive two hours to go to a district meeting in Inverness and then, yeah, drive two hours back, and that was kind of your day gone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was good. It was a- and then then Elder meghan and I closed that area. So we loaded the courser up with all the stuff out in the flat, drove down to Inverness. And I remember we had to leave Inverness really early the next morning, and we had a car full of stuff, so it was really, really heavy. And I almost, very almost, roped the car off because (laughs) it was so early in the morning. On the East Coast, it gets really cold, like really, really cold. Um, And it would have been probably February, March time. And we were just hurtling down this road at 6.30am, came up to a roundabout, totally forgot that we'd stuff to the course uh, to the max because it was all of the stuff you know from the flat and all of our you know, two missionaries belongings and all that anyway we just didn't stop and we just on hurtling at this roundabout and i think we we missed it by about half a millimeter which uh elder megan was not impressed about i remember <laughs> oh, Deep, deeply unimpressed <laughs> <laughs> oh man and love where they'll go. So I went from there to the office. He became an office elder in the Edinburgh mission uh, home. I served there with Elder Allen. Darren. Darren Allen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was was he your group, Jack? He no, you? he's just just older than me, I think. I know. Cool. So I did six weeks with Elder Allen. And the mission home that was that was crazy. So working in the mission home was a brilliant experience, like genuinely brilliant experience. So you had you, you had to do all the sort of the boring admin sort of stuff. We we had to wash the cars, so we had to wash President Marine's car on our own P day, which I never really understood. Right, like I'm, I'm not entirely sure about this, but <laughs> we've got. To, I think we had to wash the mission van. President Green's car and our own car on a P-Day, while well, the APs didn't have to wash anyone's car whatsoever. I think they might have had to do their own, but they, they never bothered. So uh, I eventually did a deal with Elder Lemon that if we took it to the the car valeting place, he would reimburse us on, a, on our expenses to, uh, <laughs> to to get it valeted. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. I'm sure President Reigns came out and was like, wow, this is the <laughs> this car's ever been.
2: <laughs> so, we, so I don't know how, how well this story is known, actually. So um, President Reigns, I think, went home at least twice while he was on his mission. I don't know, maybe even more times, right? But we, um, he went home for, I think it might have been one of his daughters or granddaughters or nieces' wedding at some point. And um, I remember that we just had a great time in the mission home for about a week where I think our P day, we were up on the roof of the, the flat, you know, like the, the 1960s sort of extension that comes down the side. We were up on the roof with some planes that we'd got from somewhere. I can't remember what they were, but we were <laughs> us, us in the APs and we're just like f- flying them off the top of the, uh, the, the mission home, which was great fun. And then, President Reigns shared with us when he got back that he'd run into Elder Oaks, as in the Apostle Elder Oaks in uh, Salt Lake City Airport. President Reigns was like, Yeah, I uh, didn't ask for permission to leave my mission area, and Elder Oaks was giving me a bit of a hard time. Oh my <laughs> gosh. But worst possible timing.
1: <laughs> there was one instance where he went home for like a surgery, if I remember right. and yeah. And it actually coincided with someone's um I don't know, like you said, maybe a granddaughter or a or a daughter or someone's wedding. Because I the reason why I remember that is my parents are connected through whoever his his uh family members were marrying and so they showed up to the the wedding reception and we're like, uh your mission president and his wife are here. And I was like, uh okay, cool. So that
2: was kind of an interesting experience. Go and read the white handbook, President Breen's (laughs) (laughs) That's right. right. Yes indeed. So yeah, what else are we doing there? So I remember one time we had um we had to answer the phones as part of our job as as office elders and one night there was a phone call came through and it was Elder Ford it was an aerial authority 70 i think in in the uk at the time whose son jason ford was obviously was in scotland as well at a different time but i think this is before jason had arrived and um and i called him and said oh yeah sorry president when is busy at the moment he's in a he's in a different meeting so you'll need to call back later He said oh okay no worries then <laughs> about 40 minutes later he calls back and i said oh out of area yeah, um, president reigns has just come off the phone you must be an inspired man. <laughs> I laughed I thought it was a funny. Yeah, you must be really inspired. You got it at the right time. Elder Ford was not impressed. He <laughs> was like dead. So I'm like, yes, Elder, put me through. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, he, he then got punished by getting sent to be mission president over in Albania. So... <laughs> Jeez. Um, that, would, that
1: would be a difficult
2: difficult world to be in for a mission. That's crazy. Definitely. Definitely. And then uh, so Elder Allen went and Kellogg, OJ, Oliver Kellogg replaced mm-hmm. Elder Allen. And uh, the only thing I remember really about serving with Elder Kellogg was that I gave him a horrendous haircut on PDA. So we had PDA on Saturdays in the office. So I think we you'd usually have them on a Tuesday, wouldn't you? But in the office, because they needed you there Monday to Friday. You'd have your pee Day on a Saturday. So on Saturday morning we're upstairs in that sort of the you know the meeting area that we'd had there and he'd cut my hair. I've never cut hair before in my life. I was like, yeah, yeah it's fine, how hard can it be? I'll <laughs> straight at <on> the side <laughs> and then I'd I thought what I was going to do was was like taper around his ears. But instead of I t- I didn't fit like the taper guard, I just took the guard off and uh just went right around the edge of the <laughs> oh mostly <my laughs> <gosh. laughs> totally took it all off. <laughs> <laughs> he did he he didn't say the funny side, it, it would, would be um would be fair to say, and I think he I think he went into our flat, punched a wall and came back out again. I don't think you ever forgave me for that. We did, we did have, so we, we worked in the office at that point, me and Kellogg, and we had the best numbers in the entire Edinburgh district for six weeks consecutively. And I remember President Vreen's absolutely chewing out a district meeting there, going, I've got elders here who are working eight hours a day and are still getting better numbers than all of you. What's going
3: on here? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh Actually, gosh had nothing to do with us whatsoever but it was uh, <laughs> we didn't get any baptisms out of it but it was uh, just and so, did either of you serve in Edinburgh Ward no no, no we uh, did that oh, brilliant Ward great great Ward but other people will tell you about those memories I'm sure and then where did I go from Edinburgh I went to Dundee, where you did serve, didn't you, Zach? Uh, I was,
1: I was just outside of Dundee. Both ends, I was in um, the Montrose ward.
2: Ah, that's it. Yeah, I yeah. think
1: that's where that's where we yeah. came across one another.
2: That's it. So I was uh, back with Megna in Dundee. I clearly hadn't done a good enough job the first time around. Well, there were still things I needed to learn from him, so I got put back with a uh, with Megna. So. Before I arrived, he was companions with Elder Muirhead, if you remember Elder Muirhead.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They, they were like a dream team together, I think. They were out every day. They were hard, hard, hard workers. So it was brilliant because I just walked into a huge teaching pool with <laughs> loads of people. Um, and that's when that was the first time that I'd actually had a proper teaching pool and I think I was probably twelve months into my mission at that point. I thought, wow, this is <laughs> this is what missionary work can actually be like. So we had um we had Nessie, who we baptized, who was like a lady in her eighties. And I always, always, always remember teaching her the law of chastity. I was like <laughs> I just remember absolutely dying in this lesson, having some of those conversations with like an eighty-five-year-old woman.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. and we taught the lesson as it should be taught. She was. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah she, yeah, she she was great. Um, we baptized Eileen, who was a who was a, a, another elderly sister who the sisters had been teaching, but I think the sisters got moved out, so we picked up the area or something. I don't know uh ray and joan who also got baptized and i think one of those was in a wheelchair i think so we bapt they got baptized in like a were you there that one's out They got baptized in like a garden chair or something didn't they they literally got like, you know, like a white lawn chair
0: <laughs> i don't remember that no i don't i wasn't there but i think i heard about that one yeah it's such a unique thing
2: <laughs> Unique. I think we made sure that we got a white garden chair as well, just to be <laughs> just, to, just to be a bit extra. <laughs> That's too funny. So Dundee we had um we had the legendary water fight at our flat in Dundee. And in fact I saw were you there at that, Zach? Yes I was. Well, uh, that was a brilliant and there's you must have seen the brilliant photo of Caleb Sprague. Bursting a water balloon above Krista Heap's head, oh, and yeah. we managed to catch the photo just as they'd they'd already so they'd already broken the water balloon above her head, but the water hadn't reached her head yet. So she's still smiling away, grinning <laughs> with this <laughs> this water sat about half an inch above her head. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's a brilliant photo. Do you still have a copy of that you can share with us? You know, well, I actually saw it earlier on on someone's Facebook. I don't, I don't have a copy. I took the photo, I think, and I've no idea where the original is, but I saw it on someone's Facebook literally today or yesterday. I'll go and have a look for it.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, when we talked to Sprague, I pulled out the picture of that event with all of us like posing. And it was clearly after sister heap had been doused with water and she in that picture, does not look pleased whatsoever. <laughs> and and I said to Caleb, I said, you know what, it, we we naive elders didn't give much thought to the sisters and how they would get themselves ready in the morning and do the thing. And I thought, I thought to myself, she probably just washed her hair or done something to, you know, make it nice for a few days. And we ruined it by getting her hair wet. So that was something else. That was a that was a really fun activity
2: day though. That was good. It was good fun. So I was, um, so I was district leader in Dundee, I think. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So when I was, yeah. So when I got with Elder Megna, I was district leader, and I remember just having some really, really positive sort of district meetings at um, the Dundee Chapel. They're just, just a really cool district, and then um, we, we, I think we had a lot of fun, um, but we also worked really hard as well. I remember uh, it was the time when we had. So we were properly into preachable the gospel at that point, weren't we? And we were really being sort of um, as part of the certification process. You'd need to learn the commitments associated with each lesson, sort of sort of the will you, will you questions at the end. I remember as district leader, I was trying to get Sister Kenny um, certified on the fifth the fifth lesson. I think um, eternal families, whatever whichever one it was. Um, and we were going through it so everyone else was doing another activity in the room next to us with the door open I'm sure we were probably in the corridor or something it was it was all, all legitimate and uh, I just remember we, so we were going through the lesson and she'd hit all the points and then I said yep okay and great and what's the what's the commitment that you the, that's associated with this part of the lesson or whatever and so she start with will you uh will you will you marry me <laughs> <laughs> No, it's that is not the appropriate.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is fun. Oh
3: my
0: tell.
2: gosh, that's too funny.
0: That oh is gosh. a commitment to eternal family,
2: but that's not that part of correct. the not part yes. of the mission. I was gonna say, yeah, that's not how missionary is didn't. Oh my gosh. That's so then funny. I trained after that uh of Jason Canucci from right. North Wales-ish area. Um, again, just a great, grounded, sensible person. The, the, the yin to my yang. <laughs> and we had a good six weeks together before I then got booted over to Irvine where I served as zone leader with Joseph Bautista, <laughs> who you know well, who you've had here. He's just a just a great, great guy, isn't he? Brilliant. Yep. Yeah, unbelievable. He's um, just hardworking, great sense of humor, not scared of having fun, but equally knew exactly what needed to be done and and focused. And I'm about Cesar, if you're listening to this, I did actually own a Volvo for most of my years between my mission and now, but not now. Got rid of it. <laughs> Is <laughs> very insistent that you must have a volvo. <laughs> That's too funny.
3: <laughs>
2: oh man! So, the funniest thing that happened with um when I was with Art Bautista, and this isn't even one of our one of our stories. on, so we had a um. So the Irving flat that we moved into was a was actually a house, two story house, um, and. Clearly, some missionaries at some point in the past had fed a stray cat, and so this stray cat would turn up at the house and come wandering in through whichever open door, because it was summertime, so whatever window it came, it'd be this... I'm a dog person anyway, right? I don't really like cats, but what I what I really don't like is monkey stray cats.
3: <laughs> and this was like,
2: just like matted fur and just like a little bit... Like a bit smelly and a bit riffy. So I, said, right, I about is that we are not feeding this cat. That cat can go elsewhere because I really don't want this rank cat turning up at our flat every day. So we did, we stopped feeding it and it stopped coming anywhere near the flat. And then um so at the same time, upstairs in this house we had a washing machine and it had no it was a tumble dryer and So it was a, you know, the ones with like the tubes out the back. So it wouldn't collect in a, in a drawer that you empty. It had one of those big ventilation tubes that goes out. Mm -hmm. And because clearly no one had thought to actually fit it into the wall through a proper ventilator (laughs) fan, they'd just hang out the window and the window was permanently open. And so then one night where we're in our bedroom, which is also upstairs and it's down the corridor from this, this tumble dryer. And I was having this horrendous nightmare that, uh, that this cat had got into the house somehow and had jumped up onto my bed and then its face was suddenly in my face and its eyes were huge and it was like screeching at me. But in my dream, I think i got a tennis racket or something and hit it, but nothing was happening. And then I was woken up from this dream by a noise out in the corridor, and it was a cat that had got in <laughs> and did exactly what I was just dreaming about. It ran in, it came along the tumble dryer, ran along the corridor, and jumped up straight onto my bed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Literally booted this cat so hard. so <laughs> So scared. So scared. <laughs> and luckily, unlike in my dream where nothing happened, it did just run out of a different window, and we never saw it again, but that was... That was really weird. <laughs> Sorry sure. out about this. I remember I about six weeks of serving with you. premonition <laughs> <laughs> oh, What else have we doing, in Irving? Um, to Chris Mace, out of Mace replaced out of Baltista, a zone leader there in um, in Irving. And Chris just used to play the guitar all this time. like I'd go to bed at half ten and he'd be up <laughs> singing and playing, playing music. We had, um we had a baptism there. We had, we had the Dickinson's family up in, in Donald, which is just outside of Urban. And they, um, the, we, we baptised this fam- brilliant family, like, lovely, lovely family. And um, Emily, was, I think she was 12, and we baptised her. And she didn't really get the concept, even though we'd run through with her several times before, she didn't really get the concept of how a baptism worked she didn't understand, we were saying, you know, just sit down, you know, I'll I'll hold your arm like this and I'll hold this, and you just sit down and you'll just have to tilt your head at the end. Totally didn't get it whatsoever. So we've got the, you know, the the doors open, I'm stood there in white, getting ready to baptise her, and fully push her down. And she's kind of struggling a little bit. And I'm thinking, oh, this really doesn't look good. So push her down a little bit harder. And then the the bishop at the time says, no, 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 Uh, her toe came up like, yeah, I know her toe came up, but she was under the water. At at one point, she was all under the water. So that's okay. No, 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 it doesn't count because her toe came up afterwards. So well, I'm sure it does count. But anyway, but at this point, there's a twelve year old girl who's just been dumped in flipping tepid water because they couldn't get the heating working properly. And she's now crying. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, this is horrendous. So we ended up having to shut the um shut the you know the jaws the and close it over the baptismal font and um I said you still want to be baptized she's like yeah 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 and then I just literally had to stand on her feet I just remember putting, <laughs> putting my foot on her feet and just pushing her down mm. um your toes are not going to come out of the water this time <laughs> but, yeah felt really bad about that that still haunts me to this day <laughs> 17 years later I'm dunking this 12 year old girl under the under the water what else? So Ir- Irving, did, did all the in Irving or Paisley stay?
1: Oh. I was in Johnston for six weeks, so it wasn't okay. really at the depths of Paisley, but pretty close. Yeah.
2: So Irving was, I just remember it being really rough, so I remember some, some neds coming up through a, well, standing by a bus stop, got hit over the head by a can of beer, and um, the can of beer split open as it hit my head and started shooting beer all over this woman ahead of me in the queue waiting for the bus. And so she turns round. Now, there's a group of about 20 Neds standing over there who are all drunk out of their faces. There's me stood behind her with a side passing and a suit on, and yet she thinks that I'm the one that's just throwing this beer at her. So she starts been an absolute go at me, hitting me with her umbrella. What do you think you're doing? What are you doing that for? (laughs) Yeah. Look around you. Do you think it was me? Or do you think it was those gents over there? <laughs> <laughs> just wild. And then, oh my gosh. i saw held a DAs. We had some brilliant DAs there, but we, um, we were teaching this one woman um, who insisted on calling me Simon. And I've still to this day no idea why she called me Simon. But you know, when eventually you just think, okay, just just call me Simon. That's fine. I don't know <laughs> that's my name, but I'll let it be my name. And um she said, oh, do you want a biscuit? Yeah, yeah, great. I'll have a biscuit. So we're thinking she's going to give us a couple of biscuits each. She doesn't. She she gives us some soup, okay? Then she goes and gets us some gammon and chips. Then she gives us some like blancmange and jelly or something. It just keeps on coming, this food. Immediately after that, we already had a dinner appointment booked in with the Wilds, Wild family, and we were just thinking, what are we going to do? This is awful. So then we get to the Wilds, and they always did a three-course meal every single time. Three course meal, so we've already eaten this three course meal already. <laughs> then we get served, I think it was um like, oxtail soup or something for the starter, and that was kind of settling down on top of jelly and blancmange from from this previous. And <laughs> I just remember Chris just running to the toilet, vomiting <laughs> like everything. And then coming back, pretending like nothing had happened, and just carried on eating the rest of his meal. <laughs> oh
3: my gosh. <laughs> it's
2: too funny. <laughs> then went so from Irvine, went to Glasgow, served six weeks with Elder Bear, the legend that is Brian Bear. He's already told you the snowball story, so I can't retell that, but it was absolutely hilarious. And my kids enjoyed listening to that story. Yeah, and, well, he didn't tell you though, and this is his story. But because he didn't tell it, I'm going to share it. Immediately So I, I got there just after Christmas. It might have been between Christmas and New Year, in fact. And um, there was a there were these pine needles everywhere in the flat. on where are these from? Because you don't have a Christmas tree. So oh yeah, him and Alphonse, Blake, uh, who was serving there before me. Had, and it's very similar to another story that someone, I can't remember who shared it, but had basically gone and hacked down a tree from round the corner, <laughs> dragged it up to their flat, used it as a Christmas tree. And then the flat at the time was right next to a river. So immediately after Christmas, they then had to dispose of the evidence and <laughs> chuck this tree back into the river. <laughs> vandals, absolute vandals. Oh, my God. You
1: You just pricked a memory for me, Doug, because... so. Ella Farn- Farnsworth went a few weeks early and I'd mixed them up. I'd forgotten that you had replaced me cause I was with Bear for two weeks before you then.
2: Ah, right. Because,
1: I- because I remember I had gotten there. It had to have been like just before Christmas. No, no. Yeah, it was because, um, cause I, my like first day or second day in the Montrose ward was Christmas day. So I had, I was just before you. So sure. I remember that Christmas tree, and now that you th- you reminded me that the flat was by the river, I remember yeah. the, the tiny kitchen and the view over. Yeah. And I I just went right back into that flat. That's
2: kind of funny. It's a great flat, really, really yes. good, it and it was just about in the nice area as well. You know, Kelvin Grove, wasn't it? You went up the hill, you'd get to Mary Hill, I think. Yeah, I you think you're area, right. You'd be in a nicer, um, yeah, a nicer sort of nicer area. In fact, I, I went back there, weirdly, I, I'm staying in Glasgow with work um, and actually went down the same road as that. I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> Mem- memories unlocked. But yeah, so um, we so we covered in Glasgow, we covered Julian Road Ward and we covered Spring Boy Ward. And we are very, well, my very first Sunday there, there to change the timings for church for Christmas we obviously hadn't got the memo, so my first Sunday in that ward, we actually missed church. We we arrived there for the closing. <laughs> <home>. <laughs> oh my the, gosh! The bishop, I can't remember who the bishop was, but he was absolutely livid with us. He was absolutely fuming, and I don't think we went back again. I think every other Sunday we went back to the Boig, um branch because they that they they kind of met in a school. It was um, it had been branch president there was um the padarangas filipino family yeah just so nice just great people who yeah, would open up the home to anybody and yeah the springboard branch was was great it was in a, a slightly more greasy end of uh, glasgow i think is the 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 polite way of describing it but absolutely right. <laughs> that's right then what else did we do so and then ended up somehow getting called as, a, as the AP, didn't I? <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's, that's when everyone, every missionary lost their entire testimony in a <laughs> <laughs> in <the> church. <laughs> what? <laughs> I must have been like the only person with a driving license or something. Like. <laughs> so we, we, um, I did six weeks as a traveling missionary. So I spent six weeks by myself traveling between areas um, and spent a whole load of time right across Scotland with a bunch of different companionships, just kind of getting to know their area and kind of working out how we address some of the challenges that, that, that they were facing at that time. Then, and that was great because Elder Lemon uh, had put some extra money in my account because he said oh, it was going to be really expensive traveling around. You're going to have to be buying fresh food every few days because I was, I think I saw probably about eight or nine companionships in those six weeks. Mm-hmm. So we put a whole load of extra money in my account. And actually that wasn't what happened whatsoever. I just ate all the missionary food that I was staying with and <laughs> ended up, I ended up being, ended up just living off like Welch's grape juice and Ben and Jerry's ice <laughs> cream for six weeks. Missionary metabolism. Yeah. That was a really unique experience, I think because the, um, I'd, I'd literally spent at that point sort of what 19, 19 months or so, um, just full time with somebody every single minute of the day, and all of a sudden you're on a a cross country bus trip for four hours by yourself going between areas, and it was just it was it was weird actually really, really kind of threw you out a little bit like well this is <laughs> this is odd, <laughs> right. but yeah that was um, that was enjoyable getting into a whole lot, say a whole lot of different companionships. Then went back to the office and was with uh, Elder Farnsworth for six weeks, Blake for six weeks, and then Elder DePold for another six weeks. And that was living in the mission home was great, really good. Daily prayers every day in the mission home, 10 a.m. We had uh, DAs with the Vereenses fairly regularly, which I really enjoyed. We really had to be on the best behavior um because sister Vrings would call you out very very quickly if you did anything wrong I remember crossing over i think we'd, we'd eaten dinner one sunday afternoon and sister Vries said does anyone want some fruit there's a fruit bowl over there so i'd walked over to the fruit bowl got myself an apple i can't remember who else was there somebody asked for some fruit for an apple as well so i'm stood on one side of the table President Sister Verenes are at the head of the table and this elder stood the other side of the table. So I just did a nice gentle underarm throw of the apple to him. <laughs> Sister Veren's pissed. <laughs> and she told me she was
3: <laughs>
2: Yeah, so not, not not good. Um we went to Stornaway for I think three or four days. Um Elder DePold and I went up there to see if it was worth opening up. Um, and we did. We opened it back up. So we stayed in the branch president's home for two or three days. We got chucked out of someone's house in Stornoway. We'd um a member of the church. We'd gone there to just introduce ourselves and get to know the branch, and, she, <laughs> and it, it was bad. Right, we shouldn't have done this, but it was funny. She, um, she started re- reading to this, reading to us um, this book about how everyone in Stornoway, or the you know the Hebrides, are descended from. The, one of the lost tribes of Israel, and how she, she, it was just making a whole load of these um, really like tenuous connections between place names in Stornoway and ancient Israel and stuff like this. And me and de at one point, we just started laughing because it was so, so funny. <laughs> she, she just called us out on it straight away. You're so disrespectful. Get out of my house. You're not coming back and then text us again after we'd left saying I mean it don't ever come, don't ever come back oh my gosh <laughs> yeah um and then last story then while I was AP we went on home. so after we'd do we'd, we'd have like two days zone conferences wouldn't we so we'd do interviews on the one day and then we'd do zone conference the next or the other way around and we'd usually stay over with some some elders from the from the area and I'm pretty sure it was with Elder Peacock, um, Brant Peacock. Again, great guy. And I'm—I want to say we were out in beef. I've no idea why it would have been beef, but I think it was. And um, we'd gone chapping on this door on this road, and it's like kind of like a T shape. So where you drove in through the the long part of the T, um, and then it was a cul de sac at both ends. So we drove in yeah. Parked the car down in one corner and began chapping this street. And as we uh, we went past this, you know, you know those streets where there's like the one house which has got settees in the front garden and all the windows are all falling apart, and there's kids running around in like their shorts and nothing else everywhere. <laughs> We're like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, it's knocked on the door, and they're all a little bit aggressive, but nothing too bad. And we we carry on going. And it's time to go. So we walk back to the car. And we see all these kids running down the street ahead of us. And we think, that's weird, what's going on? I was, in, I was in President Vreen's car, so I'd borrowed his Vauxhall Amiga or whatever it was, Air Force One, that we used to drive. i driving around it. And um, as we're driving up this road, going into cul-de-sacs, so there's only one way out. <laughs> these kids have gone and got a whole load of uh, wheelie bins and tyres and bits of wood and just put this barricade right across, the, right across the street. And then I see them running down with like bits of wood and baseball bats and stuff in the rearview mirror. I was like, I'm sure he's out of peacock. I'm just so sorry about this. And I just floored it and just flew at these wheelie fins. <laughs> Drove through them. And we, we, we got through them. It's fine. But uh, I remember having to apologise to President Reigns that there might be some slight scuffs. On his, uh, on his car while we were escaping these kids oh my gosh that's like something out of a movie it was, it was absolutely bonkers yeah it was great fun
1: oh my gosh it's funny we're actually talking to brant this evening and i'll that up to him and have and see if he remembers it
2: You'll probably go, no, I don't know what he's talking about. It must have
1: been someone else. You'll completely deny it and make sure that you are responsible and not him. (laughs) Oh, man, that's too
2: funny. So, yeah, that's the – and then that was it. I went home, survived the two years, and as I say, what a – What a learning experience, what a, yeah, absolutely unique experience to be able to be involved in for all of us. Um, And we're catching up now 17 years later, like we haven't skipped a day. It's crazy. (laughs) It's true. Yeah.
0: Like we talked before we started, right? It's just this tidal wave comes back and it's all there. It's all real life. Yeah, it really is. A lifetime ago.
2: And it literally is a lifetime ago, isn't it? But not a lifetime, you know what I mean? Yeah, almost a generation. Yep. I mean, you're Zach, a grandpa,
0: couldn't... so that is a generation.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zach, where did where did we serve in the same? So we met in Montrose. You'd have been in Montrose, right? Why
0: well, was mm-hmm.
2: reflecting
1: reflecting on it? Because when you were um, the in Dundee, and for that water fight, I was serving in Dunfermline at the time. So nine. I was down, uh, down in the Southern part of the Dundee zone at that point. And then, I mean, we crossed paths so many different times throughout the mission. I mean, cause I think you came in a few days before transfers for, uh, when you went to Glasgow, if I remember right, is that, is that true? Or am I remembering incorrect? Um, I don't
2: remember that, but it doesn't mean it's not true,
1: but I remember we just, we had some time together before I left and, um, I don't know. And then I think when you were back, um, with elder Megner, I I think Megner had left and you trained Canucci. Cause I'm pretty sure Canucci is in the same group as elder Marsh when I trained, or maybe just a little bit earlier, but I was in, I was in Montrose from Christmas, um, for six months. So I was there till summer. Um, and I think we we were there together at that point, at least yeah. for a little bit of time.
2: So I remember seeing you when you were serving with a Ballock. So when yeah. you when you served with a Ballock, that was when we were in Johnston. That's it. Yeah. Did you ever end up getting along?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I reflected on that com- that uh, companionship in my own episode, and uh, you know. It it was, it was an interesting experience, right? Because I, I, it was the second time I'd served with an Englishman. I had Conway before that, um, for six weeks. And then I was actually with Elder Littlefield for four and a half months before I was with, before I was with the, with Ross Ballack. And when I, when we got there, um, you know, I was, I was more senior in the mission and we had been whitewashed into Johnston and he came in as if he knew how he was going to do it, how we were going to run the show. And I kind of had to take a back seat, which was not really my personality type. And, um, I'm going say it wasn't a negotiation. It was more of a, this is what we're doing. And, and I kind of had to be like, okay. you know, I had a couple instances where I was just like, man, this, this is just, I, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, but, uh, yeah, I had some good reminders from, Missionaries like yourself. And uh, I don't know, we had a great flat in Johnson. I loved it. And uh, there was plenty of room in that flat where you could kind of get away from one another. Because <laughs> if you remember, you know, you go in the entrance, you go up the stairs, and we were on top of like some shops. Yeah. yeah and yeah. There, there was a front living room and then one of the bedrooms on the main level and then uh, the kitchen at the back. And then there was another set of stairs that went up to two more bedrooms. And that's where we slept like, yeah. And, um, so it was a huge flat for just the two of us, but the funny thing was, and I'm having a recollection now is the larger room upstairs. When I got there, they had crammed all of the beds into the the smaller room up there. And I was like, why are we doing this? And, and Elder other was like, well, I was told before I got here that they had like a wasp problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there yeah. were wasps that were either in the attic wasp. or some crawl space between the roof yeah. that had found their way through the light fixtures into that yeah. room. Yeah. And so it was like the largest bedroom in our flat and we couldn't even
2: use it because it was <laughs> it was something else. There, so There definitely was a wasp nest in there because when we went down to the temple, when we organized that trip, mm-hmm. we slept over in the uh, Johnston flat. I don't know if you were there then or not, I probably wasn't. But somebody got stung in the forehead uh, overnight. I want to say it was Elder <laughs> Wilkin. <I can't> <laughs> but they, they literally got stung in the forehead uh, by that very same wasp nest.
1: <laughs> well, the fact that, I mean, again, I look back on it and I wonder to myself, like, why didn't we ask our landlords to take <laughs> care of some of these Everybody things? You know? <laughs> you know, like, you hear yep. all these stories from missionaries living in horrendous conditions and you know um elder malloy was on a few days ago and he talked about his furniture being sticky from like horrible horrible uh like dog and cat urine and i was like oh, oh how how in the world did we did we missionaries just that? go in there and say Oh, well, this is a lovely place to live yeah <laughs> you know but it happened well, more often than not because i we were so focused on what we were about that yeah, yeah you know it didn't really bother us much because you know we didn't spend most of our time in the flat anyway did elder Malloy tell
2: you that he always used to sleep on the floor no that's my my core memory of elder Malloy is that for his back he would always sleep on the floor for some reason <laughs> literally just like a mat on the floor <laughs> he loved oh, it <laughs> interesting well so i, was, I, was, I was just so on. No, I was just going to
1: say, just recollecting on the mattresses. And for Elder Malloy, he's a bigger guy like myself. I mean, I had some mattresses. I was like, this thing should have been in the rubbish bin a long time ago. Yeah. And yet people have been sleeping on this. And I remember um, in Dunfermline, this is a funny story too, Elder Conway slept on like this cot. I swear. It was the smallest bed I'd ever seen. And <laughs> is that there, Yeah, well, he was, right? It, it kind of suited him. But the funny part was there was like a matching size bed like that for me the first few days and I was like there's no way I'm sleeping in this tiny twin bed I mean it was like a grizzly bear sleeping on a hammock and I I told him I said I'm gonna move there was another like uh, I think it was a queen size bed or maybe you know a little smaller than that I said I'm gonna sleep on this bed and so I moved it in and then Elder Littlefield came in and slept on that same cot. And I was like, how are you sleeping on this thing? Oh. <laughs> you know, it just didn't make sense to me because I I was com- I had to be comfortable. And if I didn't get a good night's sleep, I was not pleasant to be around.
2: So funny, <laughs> funny memories. There's a, a memory. We're just thinking, talking about the uh, that trip down to, to Preston when El- the, it would have been Elder Nelson at the time came over. Yeah, uh, yeah. so so organizing that was an absolute logistical nightmare right so i was um i was ap at the time we were organizing where all the missionaries were going to be staying over so obviously we had to get everyone off the shetland islands for instance you know from all the far-flung places get them into sort of um flats in like johnston in fact i think we we tried to get everyone into flats in Glasgow because that was the, the M6 would run you straight down to Preston from there. Mm-hmm. And I think we had some missionaries go down the night before and stay over. We had other missionaries come down the morning of the conference and we had to work out you know, which missionary were going to sleep in, which flat. It was just absolutely, it, it, it was probably not that complex, but it felt complex at the time. And then um, I think we had two or three coaches go down there. Mm-hmm. And so on the way back, <clears throat> We, everyone had a specific coach to get on because the coaches were going to different places. One was going to go back to Edinburgh and one was going to go back to Glasgow. And and I don't remember who the elder was, but one elder got on the wrong coach and was headed for Edinburgh when he should have been in Glasgow or something. And um, so I'm on the phone and he's going, oh, you know, I'm on the wrong coach. Oh, okay, well, we, we literally counted you all onto the right coaches. I have no idea how you're on the wrong coach, but whatever so uh i well you just going to have to work out a way to get from edinburgh to glasgow and we we're, were trying to sort that out and then we then we got stuck in a traffic jam on the, on the m6 and uh i called him up and said what, what can you see at the moment so oh well, there's a, there's like a big red truck or whatever and we're under a bridge not like, right we are about quarter of a mile behind you <laughs> get off the
1: coach <laughs> i remember this because i think i was in hamilton at the time
2: Uh, so so i think what happened is i think i ran to his coach and got him off the coach literally while we're in this traffic and thinking please don't traffic please don't suddenly start moving else we're going to be absolutely naked and then ran back down the hard shoulder of this motorway to get him onto the right coach (laughs) and there, there were a couple of senior missionaries on the same coach as me and they were just going absolutely mental, like, what are you doing? We're on a motorway and but they're Americans. So I was like, listen, on the AP, it's it's different to America, it's all fine, don't worry about it. And we <laughs> with memory like pegging it down the motorway, desperately hoping the cars don't start moving.
1: <laughs> Man, I completely forgot about that, so you just brought that up. That's hilarious.
2: funny stories and funny. Yeah yeah where, where would we have interacted at i am um, I, I don't think we served around each other that much did we
0: not much maybe when you were in the office a little bit i might have been around i don't yes. know yes yeah um, falkirk area maybe part of the edinburgh zone yeah. yeah and then um i served the last seven and a half months of my mission in glenrathis so part of the ah. dundee area zone around there so Cross paths a couple times, but yeah, not real close.
2: So, it, it, there's so many missionaries that we um we served around but never with that's just that kind of stick in my mind. Just funny, funny elders. You, you need to get who, who else have you got? So, you've got you said you've got Elder Malloy, who else have you got lined up
1: or already done? Um, so we, we've already spoken with and are scheduled with um, Elder Malloy. And then we spoke with um, Mark Ritman,
3: yeah other
1: R- yeah. R- Ritman um, and Dan Conway. and then few- Have you already done Dan? You've already yeah. done his. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was something else.
2: Has he has he told you that you almost got banned from going on his mission? Please tell me that he shared that story with you. No, please go ahead and share so it with us. Dan Dan will have to um come back on this on 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 your podcast to fight this one. So Dan and his friend both uh, at a YSA conference before their missions for a dare got butt naked and ran across the beach and almost. Almost a from going on his mission for it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dan. <laughs> it's funny
1: you bring that story up because I think I heard it, but I don't remember when or where because I don't think Dan told me that, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, like I said, we're speaking with Peacock later today. Brilliant. Um, Brennan fish tomorrow. Yes. Um, oh. <laughs> And then Sister Kate Reed, one of the senior sisters, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. speaking with her on uh, later this week. And then we're actually <laughs> speaking with Elder Megner um, cool. with with Tobias and um,
2: James McCabe, which he was kind of after your yeah. time. No, no, he wasn't. I um, I it saw him. When I was a traveling missionary. Spent some time with Elder McCabe. I think he was with Elder Littlefield when I saw Elder McCabe. Okay, I think he mm. in i'm sure that was in peterhead Mm, i don't
1: yeah maybe you could be right i don't remember him being in peterhead but i mean mm.
2: he'll jog our memories yeah so i always remember him mocking me because i couldn't do the uh didn't couldn't do my cuffs up on my sleeves with i had to had to like shrink shrink my arm into my sleeve to do my uh my cuffs up and he's yeah she laughed at me every morning when I was getting dressed for not being able to do my, uh, to my cuff buttons up. Because <laughs> you're sure to just shrunk up or what? No, just because I'm cat handed and I can't, can't do my cuff buttons with one hand. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. That's funny. And then we're talking with Brian, Brian Barber. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, Christian Lucas Yeah. Um, is next Sunday. Yeah. And and then we actually are catching up with President Sister of Rains next week. Yeah, I saw
2: that. Whoa. We need to send in some memories, don't we? Is that what want yeah.
1: to Yeah. I mean, anything that, uh, even just a message to them that we can share in your behalf, too. I mean, it'll be a unique interaction just because yeah. of the state of their memory, but uh, yeah. we'll do the best we can. So, And then after that, we're speaking with Jeremy West and Jade McGowan yeah um ashley divine (laughs) yeah and and then uh we have a companionship conversation with richard mcconkey and alistair martin oh that's cool so that's that's what we have on our future future schedule as of this recording What a a (laughs) lot there's there's a lot more that are that are willing and we just haven't got them on the calendar
2: yet that we will so so, we, we need to ask yeah, President Brins about his final final end. So, you know, on your moves calls, he'd always say, Elder, your next companion is well, Elder Hewlett and is six foot four and fantastic guy. And you'll love him. And, and then, <laughs> your final, the final moves call that you'd get was Elder, your next companion is Brenda. She weighs two hundred and forty pounds. She's got purple, purple spiky hair. She'll keep you warm in the winter. Give you shade in the summer. It's <laughs> oh <my laughs> just like the most ridiculous things about your future wife. <laughs> oh my god, she's funny, funny guy. So my um my second my first son um has got William as a middle name um after President Brains. He was um. Absolute father figure to me for those two years and loving dealer. Brilliant going. Yeah,
1: that's a great segue. You know, beyond that uh, father figure piece, what are some other memories you have of President Sister of that you can share with us?
3: Oof.
2: Um, So piggy, piggy nose comes up every time, right? Just Heidi dancing around with some pig nose on her down at the aisle of a chapel. Just great. <laughs> yes um, President green's hand on your shoulder Which felt like five times the size of Any other man's hand that I've ever felt in my life <laughs> Just clamping onto your shoulder Yep I just I suppose what I remember most about President greens It's not any sort of specific memories as such But it's just the genuine love that he had For all the elders and sisters He was an absolute stickler for the rules when people needed to be kept in line. But equally, when people messed up, when people had done just stupid things, he was so full of love and compassion for them to say, look, you know, it's a bunch of 19 and 20 and 21-year-old boys. Of course, they're going to do stupid things. Give them a break. Um, And he said to me, I remember him saying to me clearly after a, a round of interviews, he didn't divulge any details, but he just said, you know, Elder Pullen, I wish that elders just weren't so hard on themselves all the time. And I just thought what a what a great sort of understanding of um what it's like to be a missionary. And and that to me just demonstrated his that sort of deep love that he had for, for his missionaries and he absolutely drove us hard. Like he absolutely drove us hard. Um but the underlying all of that was a, a sincere love and affection, I think, for for all of his missionaries yeah my 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 only other memory that comes immediately to mind which is awful because i spent three months in the mission home as an office elder and then another three months in the mission home as a as an ip so i should really have a few more (laughs) few more memories maybe they'll come to me afterwards but i remember having a uh not an argument but a fairly strong discussion with him um in a zone leader training meeting (laughs) when i was a zone leader because we'd what it had done in fact, it was one of the APs at the time, actually, it wasn't President Brains. But you know, we had this whole thing about we need to go after the ties holders, we need the people with ties, we need people with jobs and good people to bring into the church. And uh, they'd, they'd drawn a map of Edinburgh and they'd created what they called like the red zone or something, and that was banned, like you weren't allowed to go and find people in the red zone. And after a couple of questions, I was like, President Brains. <laughs> How do you think? Because basically that's the poor area, so we don't want you to go knock on doors there. So, President Brains, how do you think that really lines up with our uh, with, with the commission to preach the gospel to all the world? Do you think it actually aligns with uh, the commission that we've got? And he and he gave me some really sort of you know, William just like well, Elder, uh, you know, you follow the spirit and you do what you need what you need to do. <laughs> He probably should have just told me to shut up and stop being so stupid, but but he didn't. He uh, he responded with love. <laughs> that probably sealed your fate into being the
1: assistant to the president. He's like, okay, yeah. he's he's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay, yeah, let's let's get you to run run the show for a minute, and I'll <laughs> I'll give you the behind the curtains look.
2: Exactly, exactly that. That's funny. Yeah, it was um just great, you know, just him and Sister Vreens. Yeah, other than annoying Sister Vreens by throwing an apple over the dinner table, annoying President Vreens by challenging him on the uh, on the red zone. <laughs> we had a great time. And chauffe- chauffeuring him everywhere, so we hated driving back. I don't think they liked driving in the UK, actually. So anytime we'd been to a zone conference, we'd always chauffeur him and Sister Vreens back. But we thought it was great because you got to drive his car and sit in the front. It was brilliant. Yeah, I was always curious about
1: how they got on with driving because you know us 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds are just like, yeah, gung ho. Give us, give us, give us the, give us the wheel, <laughs> and, and and we'll we'll tackle these roundabouts as if it's not, no business, right? But you know, for someone who's older, it may not have the responsiveness when it comes to driving a car. I can imagine it would be a little stressful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So the final memory that I'll share about President Reins was, so he obviously had a business um, running in Utah. And I think he, I can't remember whether it was in Arizona at the time or not, but it was certainly running up in Utah, wasn't it? And um he, I think he'd entrusted it to his, uh, to his sons to, to look after while he was on his mission. I remember coming down late one night, it's about eleven o'clock in the mission home, because I could hear this talking downstairs and I've gone down. There's President Varines on the phone in his office with the door still open and he was just chewing someone out so loudly, like, what do you mean the revenue's down? Yeah, this many thousand dollars. I just don't understand it. What? <laughs> if if I ever think he's giving a missionary a hard time, whoever's on the other end of that phone is getting a hard time right now. <laughs> oh man, that's a unique insight right there.
1: Because I, again, a lot of us didn't really think a whole lot about what he had going on or what he'd set aside to be there. And exactly, it's right. very, very true.
2: Got a, uh, a big, big business um, that he would have carried all that stress and strain through his mission as well. Absolutely. Right. That's good. Thank you very much, Doug.
1: Yeah, we, we've enjoyed catching up. While we're thinking on it, we've already mentioned a bunch of people, but is there anybody else that you'd like to hear from that we haven't
2: mentioned already? So you definitely need to get Rick Midgley on there. So if you got Rick lined up, get Rick on here. Do you, her. still, do you still have contact with him? Yeah, I think um, we, we we tend to sort of message about once a year, and uh, the, my biggest interactions with him is giving kudos to each other on our bike rides on Strava, <laughs> which, which just reeks of us reaching middle age, really, doesn't it? <laughs> a digital high five for a good yeah. bike ride. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that. Uh, who else could you get on here? You've had Elder Baptiste, you've had him. Um, Elder DePold, Jonathan DePold, he'd be brilliant to get on. He's a, he's a a thoughtful individual. And you've got Elder Fish. Elder Fish is funny, man. Elder Fish is hilarious. Yeah. I, was, I don't know why this core memory sticks out with Elder Fish, but I remember we were driving somewhere, and I think it was when they were him and Rasmussen, I think it was zone leaders in... I say Dundee, was it Dundee? Yep, they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember making an innocent remark about there was this like lake outside their flat that had an island in the middle. I, was like, I wonder if you put two rabbits on that island, how long it would take for the entire island to be overflowing. <laughs> I just remember Elder Fish was, like, laughing about it for like, the next two days, going, You are so weird. Like, <laughs> Oh man, that's too funny! I have been
1: in contact with Jonathan Depold, and he's a future guest. So brilliant! Cool. Cause yes. He's in England at the moment, I think, isn't he? He's um, done at
2: U.S. Air Force Base in Cambridge, I think. And Is that where he's at? Yeah, pretty sure he's just outside, of, just outside of St Aldens in, in
1: the UK. I did not know that. That's good to know. Keep that yeah. in mind when it
2: comes to scheduling our time. Yeah, yeah you might need to do him. Uh, yeah. Early on in the afternoon for uh, for US time, definitely. Exactly. Anyone else that you can think of? Oh, I say I'm going to miss out people here now, aren't I? Um, no, that 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 would do you. I think you'd have a, well, Elder Zinkowski would be a good shout. Andre Zinkowski, get him to spend some time with you because he was a. He was a big character, right? I had some flipping hilarious. I went on ex- an <laughs> exchange with Elder Zinkowski once, and um, we were teaching this guy in his flat. And it was like, you know, like a totally bare flat. The guy's got loads of beer cans and cigarette ends just stacking up. And I'm just like, what's going on? Like, this guy's just not listening to us or anything. And all of a sudden, Elder Zinkowski gets up gets his oh, get his scriptures out and you know how people are having you know, the, the, the big but old TV in the corner of the room he goes and stands behind the TV in this guy's living room puts his scriptures on top of the TV like it's a lectern and starts, starts like preaching and slapping the TV and back you listen to me. <laughs> I remember just thinking, what on earth is going on? Like, what am I doing and where am I? <laughs> just Oh my a, gosh, that is pretty funny. I will tell you about when we went on exchanges and I fell asleep while he was teaching a lesson. <laughs> I used to get so tired on my mission, so, so, so tired. And I'd just randomly fall asleep. And that was, you know, like the last probably four or five months of my mission, I was absolutely knackered and I'd, I'd literally go to sleep if I was sat still for longer than 5 minutes not talking I'd be I'd be straight out of it <laughs> oh
0: man
1: it's too funny I'm sure we all had those experiences yeah you're you're in a too warm of a flat and all of a sudden it's like it's like you're in in a nice warm bed and <laughs> you're just like okay bye
3: <laughs> yep <laughs> That's funny.
2: But you say, it sounds like you've got a stellar lineup coming over the next few weeks. Yeah, we do, and and
1: again, the reach of this is so great. I mean, Jack and I can both attest to it. Like the people that we've already talked to have been great, and there's all there's so many more. Yes. you know, <laughs> it's just it it seems like it. I've had a few thoughts where I'm like, are we talking to too many people too, you know, too quickly? And I'm like, there's no way like this thing could go on for the next 10 years and we may not cover them all. Right. And who knows? It might even grow beyond our stretch of time. You know, like we're kind of thinking 2002 to 2008, 2009, you know, there's so many more that I'm sure would be all over
3: talking have you, have to
2: you, us. Have you got any members, Landa? Not yet. Uh, yeah. Is that is that a mission creep? Is that is that not not on the no. agenda?
0: We plan to. We do plan that'd to. Be cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Be really- we've had a few suggestions as to people that we could have on, and obviously we all have our favorite yeah, people yeah. from from areas that we could reach out to <laughs> via some channel and say, "Hey, would you be willing to do something like this?" Um, but my biggest thing is I shared it with the ward in Montrose and with the Aberdeen stake, because I spent majority of my mission in those two areas. And I know that they're listening to it. So hopefully there's some connections there, people that they want to get on. Um, I still have very close conversations with president Payne and his yeah. family from the Aberdeen. Oh, they, wow. they live in Texas now. Was, and was uh, he
2: was was he the Canadian involved in the oil industry yep. someone- mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, so they they are in Texas now their callum is getting ready to go on his mission crazy enough he was oh, yeah. just a small one when we were there and the the three older daughters are all married and wow. um, so it's pretty it's been amazing to follow their journey, but I connected very very much with their family when I was in aberdeen and so so my goal, been, my goal is to get, get President Payne and maybe even Sister Payne to come on and uh, reminisce with us a little bit too. So
2: they were in the Zone Leaders area in uh, in Aberdeen, weren't they? So I didn't. I remember going for a DA there once and thinking because they lived a little bit way out. Didn't they? Was it West? Was it West or somewhere? What's the place called?
1: Yes. Yeah, I remember. I don't remember the name it's of the place, but yes, I, I. They were a little bit outside of slightly uh, Aberdeen, Aberdeen proper. Nice, yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah brilliant food yeah
1: well they always made a good american meal for yeah, yeah. us, us home homesick american <laughs> boys so
2: yeah they're great cool we'll keep up the good work oh no i it's been great to catch up and, and reminisce yeah um,
1: time flies when we're having fun i can't believe it's yeah sorry i won't have to wait this one <laughs> no way absolutely not i'm sure everyone will will eat this up so thank you for joining us awesome. jack any way. closing thoughts
0: no it's been a pleasure likewise <laughs> well
1: doug we'll let you know when uh this comes out um so that you can share it with all those that you're still in more close contact than we are and ho- hopefully we'll get those that are on the fence, off the fence, on the side that we can get him to be a part of it. We, I love that. Sounds good to me. All right, that, guys, really good to see you. Take love care. you, Doug. Yeah, have a good
3: one. See you. Take care, bye. Bye.